And what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Geeking Poetic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. Over there, he's the man on the hot mic. He is none other than... Vito. (laughs) (laughs) And then the one over here that's got all the hairs in her face that she has to keep moving out of the way. She's going to keep doing it. Tickling my nose. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be the whole episode, I guarantee you. Fight with it the whole time. It's none other than... Megan Guess. And we are here for the second installment of our big top 20 movies of all time list. Uh, This is not the general, I guess, like popular consensus of what's the top 20. No, our lists are very different than what you would look up on like Wikipedia or something. This is each of our personal favorite Mm -hmm. top 20. And uh, it's been interesting so far, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I don't think we've had any overlaps yet. Not yet. No, not yet. I think we may. There might be a couple. Maybe a couple. Maybe a couple down the road. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, no, we have very different different tastes here. Uh, <laughs> just, just to uh, kind of explain to people what it is we're doing, we are putting out uh, five each month. We started in January with numbers 20 through 16. Now, in this one, we're going to do numbers 15 through 11. Next month, we're going to do 10 through 6. And then finally, in April, it will be the final 5 to 1. 1 to 5, like the Doors would sing. No one here gets out alive. That movie did not make my list. (laughs) I like that movie, though. But it's not top 20 worthy. No, Mm. it's not enough. So, I thought what we could do for people that... Maybe if they've just forgotten, you know, if they watched or listened to the first episode of this and they forgot, or if somebody just happens to be jumping in with this one, you know, being like me, because I'm the kind of person that... You're impatient, and you're going to go backwards. Well, I go backwards. I will, like, a lot of times I'll buy a new book, and I'll open up to, like, the middle, and I'll start reading in the middle. I'm like, Why would you do that? Because... (laughs) I'm mental <laughs> because I jump all over the place and I'm like, what's going on with this? Oh, that's kind of interesting. And then it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just do that. But you don't know the characters or the premise of anything. You have to, there's an order for it for a reason. Okay. Well, let me, let me. What are you making the, the CBS all access version of the stand here? Is that what you're trying to do? That's what they do and it fucking blows. <laughs> Well, told you. There you go. Now you know what kind of people are making those shitty fucking miniseries. It's guys like me. Mm-hmm. No, I'm no, no. I'm not taking any credit for that shit because I do not approve. Eleven twenty two sixty three. Don't even. That could have been in my top twenty list. It could have been. It's in my top twenty favorite books of all time, but not the fucking miniseries because they fucked it all up. <laughs> Anyway, I should say when I do that with books, though, it's usually more like biographies and stuff. Not not so much like a fictional thing, you know, because that, yeah. That, that that's, doesn't really help. That's Well, but it's, I mean, I don't know. Because, like, say, for example, if I get a book about Elton John, it's like I may not initially be all that interested in hearing about his fucking childhood and all that kind of shit. It's like, I want to jump to Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of the damn book. So then I read that, and I get that out of the way, and I'm like, cool, okay, I wanted to know about that. Maybe now I'll go back and I'll read the other bullshit. (laughs) That's patient. Well, yeah, I am. You really are. I'm the king of spoilers. You need help. Well, you know, whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nothing's going to help me. <laughs> anyway, I thought for those people that didn't uh, remember or didn't hear the first part of it, we should just go through and list our 20 through 16. All right, let's do it. So, Vito, what was your 20 through 16? So I had VHS, Cube 2 Hypercube, The Philadelphia Experiment 2, Spaceballs, and Ghost Ship. There you have it. That is a very Vito-esque five right very. there. It is. Yeah. So that's so yeah. So your number sixteen was Ghost Ship, right? Yes. That's where you left yeah. off. Okay, Megan. I had three hundred. Okay. Like, three hundred Die Hard, Catch Me If You Can, Star Trek from the Kelvin Timeline, the first one. And what was it? Uh Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Right. Okay. Kind of all over the place. It's a good list. Though. Yeah, it's pretty good. That that sums me up too. I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah, well, I think all three of us have lists that are just kind of all over the place. Mine's probably the most all over the place. And you had what? <laughs> My number 20 was 1974's Dark Star. My number 19 was 1937's Stage Door. My number 18, I believe, was 1984's 2010, the year we make contact. Uh, my number 17 was 1980s Foxes, starring Jodie Foster. And my number 16 was the newest film on my entire list, which is Avengers Endgame. So that's... Solid list? That's, that's pretty fucking all over the place. You are all over the place. 1937, you know, starlet, uh, struggling starlet movies with Katherine Hepburn, superhero movies from 2019, <laughs> movies about Jupiter blowing up, all, all, all that kind of shit. Got so, it all. I, I got it all in that. I mean, I feel pretty good about that five, but I'm excited about the next five. I am too. Because now I got we're, some heavy hitters in here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all of all of these movies I love. I mean, obviously, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of movies, and we narrowed it down to twenty, mm -hmm. which wasn't easy. Mm -mm. But yeah, now we're getting into like quotable ones, like movies yeah. where it's like <laughs> I can I can just quote the movie all the time, which is why you probably wouldn't want to watch these movies with me, because I'll be that asshole. I, I feel bad because I know I'm that asshole. But I get mad at other assholes that do that, that are like, it's like, shut up, let me watch the movie. But then I'm like, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, I was watching movies with my parents the other day, and some of my little higher up ones we watched. And I sit there and quoted the entire movie. So my dad's like, well, you like this one, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, what can I say? It's We're getting into that batch. So, Vito, let's start with you as always. What is your number 15? It's a movie from 1998 called Sphere. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It's based Tell us off about the Sphere. It's based off the Michael Crichton book of the same name. Okay. It's basically a underwater habitat that's constructed around a spaceship that crash landed into the ocean about 300 something years ago. And you quickly find out, I'm not going to spoil, it's not really a spoiler because you find out in the first 15 minutes, it's an American spaceship. Yeah. Now, it crash landed 300 something years ago. Right. So how it does that time work? Time travels. Yeah. Timey-wimey. Uh -huh. yep. Now so you, you were really in these timey-wimey ones. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the third one or at least. Yeah. Hmm. 
all-star cast, Dustin Hoffman, Samuel Jackson, Sharon Stone, Peter Coyote, uh, Queen Latifah. I mean, it's it's an incredible film. Got ragged in the reviews, and when it came out, people hated it, but I love it. I think it's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's criteria that's for a veto movie. <laughs> and it's one of those movies I can watch, like, every night and not get tired of it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes it... T- and Spice is not higher, then. Yeah, well, you'll see. There's other... Uh, okay. There's a reason for it. Okay. Yeah, and with that kind of cast, with Dustin Hoffman and Wiley Coyote and, and whoever else he said was in it. And, uh, <laughs> the Roadrunners at the bottom of the ocean, piloting in some spare fucking time-traveling spaceship. That's how he gets away all the time. Is it a beep-beep? It's bloop-bloop. <laughs> Jeez. There we go. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, that's, uh, that's a no. That's a real good one. That's I like that movie. So, Megan, yes. What's your number uh, fifteen? Um, I went all the way back to nineteen eighty four oh. with Romancing the Stone. Nice. Love this movie. I'm Romancing the Stone. Dun, dun, dun. Do my best Eddie Grant impersonation. I won't do that. <laughs> Don't do mind. that. Yeah, I won't. Okay. Anyway. So, I, I don't I just love this this whole thing. It's like, this movie was made for me. She is a writer. I Growing up, I wanted to be a writer so incredibly bad. I'm just not creative enough for it. But that's what I really wanted to do. Along with being a Egyptologist. Yeah. <laughs> so, put them together. It works, right? Yeah. Maybe. And then you throw her into this crazy, dangerous adventure. That's me. I'd be down for that. There's mudslides. Mudslides. I freaking love mudslides. <laughs> They're amazing. And there's this handsome man that she meets and falls in love with. That's exciting. And then it's a treasure hunt. On top of it, they get to go find yeah. treasure. Is there an actual stone in the movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've oh, never yeah. seen it, so I'm just asking. Really? Yeah. It's really alligators. Good. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's it... So it good. You know, you might get turned off because it's got romancing and you sound like, oh, it's going to be a big romance. It, it's not. It's not. It's. Not. I mean, there is the budding kind of love-hate thing going on between uh, the two main characters mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael. Uh, uh, Colton. Jack Colton. Jack Colton, yeah. But he's the played by, by Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. That's what I couldn't think yeah. of. Yeah. And then Kathleen Turner. And right. Danny DeVito's in it. The bad guy. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hilarious. So it's really funny. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of almost like a sort of like a Alan Quartermain, Indiana Jones type movie, but like with a lot of like comedy, Devito style comedy in it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. I saw that at the theater when it came out. Did you? Yeah. Mm, I'm jealous because I'm old. Yeah, I love the second one too, but this one I, I, again, if, if it gets me into it, I kind of have a favors to that one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the second one's good, but Romancing the Stones way, way better. Yeah, the only thing it has a snake in it. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> well, so does you know Indiana Jones movies and stuff. So oh, that's not the one I'm great. Well, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. we'll go with that. <laughs> it gets killed, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, as long as you can. <laughs> Spoiler have <snakes>. alert! <laughs> you can have snakes in your movie as long as you murder them. That's what Megan says. Yeah. Snake killer. <laughs> you love snakes on plane, then, because that's that's a good one. I don't know about that. That may be region just dead for me. <laughs> All right. Well, my number 15 is an 80s movie. It came out in 1980. 
I got in trouble for quoting this movie when I went to school because I was in like <laughs> second or third grade. And I had, I really should not have seen this movie, although a lot of other kids did, but I definitely had no business quoting it. And it is a little movie called The Blues Brothers. Oh no, what did you say? <laughs> I went to school and I was telling them the, the whole joke of the thing about the stupid penguin and, you know, I guess you're really up Shit's Creek. <laughs> when she's hitting them with the, the, with the ruler and everything. <laughs> Talking about the nun and all. Yeah, I, yeah. Of all things you could have quoted in that movie, you picked that. I just, I thought it was funny. I didn't get it. Like, I mean, <laughs> I was so bad with that sort of thing. Like, you could blame my father. My mom's going to be like, she's going to be listening to this. She'll be like, this is all his father's fault. Because my dad would have me watch these movies with him. That he'd be like, yeah, we're just, we're just gonna watch this movie tonight. <laughs> like, don't don't say anything. And I'd watch like Cheech and Chong's next movie and things like oh that. Gosh. And yeah, and and Animal House and all those kind of things. And Blazing Saddles. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there yeah, there's things. That, and I didn't get it. I didn't know I was like seven. <laughs> you know, and I just saw my dad laughing at it, so I'm laughing. Don't even totally know what I'm laughing at. It just mm-hmm. seemed, you know, so then I'm going and telling kids, you know, I'm like, I saw the Blues Brothers. And they're like, well, what was that like? And I'm like, there's this scene where this penguin who's a nun is like hitting them with a ruler and they call her a stupid fucking penguin and all that. And it's, oh, and my teacher, my poor teacher, that's the same teacher that had to deal with me with the Frosty incident. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> my poor lady. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, yeah, second grade was harrowing, let me tell you that. But anyway, <laughs> I love this movie for obvious reasons. I mean, the soundtrack is incredible. It's it's just such a great soundtrack. It's hilarious. It's got this cast of, an incredible cast on top of Aykroyd and Belushi. It's got Carrie Fisher is in it. It's got Cab Calloway in it. It's got, oh my God, it's got Ray Charles in it, Aretha Franklin's in it, like just all these amazing cameos. Plus, it was largely filmed in my hometown, not just Chicago, but literally in In my neighborhood. Yeah, like I, the famous bridge that they jump uh, is the 95th Street Bridge, man. Like that's right right by my house. It was like right down the street from Nick's house, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything. So... I was excited about that, you know, as a kid and you're watching this movie and it's like, whoa, like that's, I know that street. I'm on that street every day and it's in a big movie when you're seven, especially back then. It's pretty cool now. Yeah. And even, (laughs) I I was like, ah, I know that. And even now, but I mean, now it's like, you've got, you've got so much reality television and YouTube and all that stuff. I mean, kids can put themselves up on TV now, you know, I mean, as, as are we, but (laughs) it's different with a big blockbuster movie though. Yeah. It, yeah, it was. Plus, I mean, even at that age, I was so into music and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Elwood would do all his crazy dances that he would do dance, dancing around, and I had to emulate all of them. <laughs> so if there was a family party or something, and then my dad would put on that soundtrack, and it's like, oh, shit, here comes Larry doing, <laughs> doing the Elwood dances, and I'm dancing around, and my cousin Cindy's like, fuck yeah, do it, you know, it's like encouraging me. <laughs> Make an ass out of yourself, Larry. Some things never never change. change. So anyway, yeah, I mean, this movie, 
and uh, you know, and, and again, like I said, we're getting into the quote-worthy ones. I I don't even have to watch this movie. I've seen it so many times. I could just play it in my head. I can quote it all. I still, when I drive through Chicago, I go through certain spots, and I and it like pops up in my head. <laughs> Maxwell Street, man. Mm. You know, come on. <laughs> John Lee Hooker on Maxwell Street. It's one of the best scenes in the movie, man. But anyway, so yep, that's my number 15. And let's be real, there's really nothing better than a car chase scene through Chicago. The, the, it's the best. In my opinion, the most epic car chase scene that's ever been filmed. I mean, my God, how many cars were in that? There was right. hundreds, hundreds <laughs> of police cars. Of of Chicago and Illinois State cop cars and everything in there. It's just insane. Insane. Amazing. Yeah. So it's it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. but Good solid one. All right. Cool. I'm glad you approve. Mm -hmm, I do. Vito, what is your number 14? Oh, wait. I should I, should I was going to say, we didn't cue I should, the first I'll, one. I'll cue him. I'll give him a good cue. How about 14? <laughs> there you go. Okay. This one's from 1997. <laughs> okay. Well, that was totally not appropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This okay. one is called Event Horizon. Ooh. Ooh. Three words nice. for you. Hellraiser in space. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So <laughs> Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, the main actors, they are part of a rescue mission that has to go find a ship that's been missing for the last 15 years outside of, like, Neptune. And now it just reappeared, and now they have to go out there and see what happened to the ship. And you slowly find out that this ship has been somewhere... And has brought something back with it. And that thing it brought back with it is pure e. evil. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing they brought back with it was Alf. <laughs> <laughs> so more evil than Alf. Yeah. Okay. Right? You can imagine. I mean, hmm. he ate cats, so that's pretty evil. Yeah, it is pretty he evil. was pretty yeah. evil. And, you know, he, he, he was... Uh, he, wooed people with his wit and charm and all this kind of stuff. Cute but, and fuzzy. Yeah, but he was a little asshole, man. Mm -hmm. You know, he my cat, I'd be punching him in that big ass nose he is. <laughs> Kick him right back to whatever fucking furry planet he came from. Anyway, sorry, you were saying so it brings back pure evil with it. Yes, and this movie is very graphic. Yeah. And they even yeah. cut it down from the version that they originally had, which those oh, tapes Jesus. are lost. You I can't didn't see the original that. cut. Oh but dude it's it's Brutal. <laughs> it's not a mega movie at all. I yeah, I've exactly. seen it once. I've You've had me, and you lost <laughs> yeah. me. I just love the 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 idea that this ship opened up a portal, went into a different dimension, and came back with something that got possessed by it. I just love ships that get possessed, aka ghost ship from my previous list. <laughs> yeah, you do have you do have seen patterns. a trend. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and there's this really disgusting. Um, Man, the scene where one of the guys gets sucked out on the airlock and his veins get exposed and like he's drooping blood from his eyes and his ears. It's just, Ooh. it's a mess. Ew. Yeah. Decompression deaths are another one to add on the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. If you didn't already see and hear us talk about it in the last episode, so Vito's really into like, uh, like messed weird, up deaths, messed up deaths, acid burning deaths, uh, down, down the middle. middle, sliced on the middle, yeah. you know, creative decapitations with metal wires. Yeah. He gets really uh, giddy about these things. <laughs> Decompression deaths, just, you know, that gets an honorable mention in there, too. Yeah. Wow. But I love this movie. It's one that I can watch, like, any time and not get tired of it. So. Mm. 
it's yeah, it's a good movie. I only saw it like I think all the way through. I only saw it one time. Yeah, it's a little grim, but it's good. I mean, Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. That's, that's a fucking one-two punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Megan. What is your number 14? I went with a 1991's mm. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Nice. Getting a little of the old Costner in there, yeah. huh? Yeah. Alan Rickman. Right. right. Morgan Freeman. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's a really good cast. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. There's a zine. That is a hell of a cast. Yep. I, I just, I don't know. I love this whole premise of the, the story. And obviously everybody knows Robin Hood's story. So I'm not going to tell it again. But I, th- I just think it's a really well done movie. It just sucked me in. I watched it and watched it and watched it. You <laughs> so like many it because it's mushy. It's, it's a little mushy. It's, it's got some gruesome stuff in there too. Yeah. Alan Rickman's an asshole. Uh, Alan Rickman's always an asshole. Yeah. It's the first movie I saw with him. And oh. I hated him, and I loved him at the same time. So I haven't seen this one. Does he play like the sheriff from Nottingham or something? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you cut never your saw heart this. out with a spoon. Mm. So good. <laughs> I heard Kevin Costner's accent like wasn't that great though. Yeah, no, well, whatever. No, I mean, who cares? You, you weren't watching it for the accent. I wasn't. <laughs> I, he, he's. I see his naked butt. That's all oh, I need. Okay. Oh, and he did dances with wolves of the year previously, where he showed his ass too. I think right. Yeah. There you go. It's a win-win. Megan was all about that Costner ass. <laughs> and then you get to the very end of it, and you got this Brian Adams song, who I'd never heard of yet at that time. That was my introduction to him as well, with everything I do, I do for you. Yeah. And now you're a big Brian And Adams. I was like, oh, what is this? I rewind, 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 just to hear that song. I would watch this movie just to get to hear that song at the end of it. So they put a Brian Adams song into the movie. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Everything I do, I do. You know that song. Yeah, but it's a period piece. It's Robin Hood. It, dude, there's like it's five fits. million movies that have... That, <laughs> yeah, and, those, that, and they suck. Oh, boy. It's a period piece. you got to stay... It's a, the, it's a it's credits. Not, it's oh. at the end. Oh, okay. That was like when he was like on the horse, ready to shoot the no, arrow. No, not really. Steal a gold or something. All right, well, I guess I'll But he's this. like playing the piano in the middle of the woods, and it's like when they get married and shit. And... The video thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... I don't know. It sucked me in. It's like, oh, I liked it, and now I love it. It's a really good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I have yeah, to admit. I haven't either. But if I see it on TV, I'm, I'm stopping and watching it. Yeah, it's one of those. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, my number fourteen is an early '90s movie as well. Mine was from what was it? '93. And it is a Richard Linklater movie called Dazed and Confused. I figured that had to make the list somewhere in there. Yeah. Fuck, I love that movie so much, man. (laughs) It's, I don't even know how to explain it. It's one of those things where even though it takes place in 1976 and it all takes place in one night. And I'm just a sucker for those movies. Because mm-hmm. another movie that, uh, spoiler alert, isn't on my list. It it, it could it really, really close. That Days of Confused basically modeled itself after, whether they want to admit it or not, is uh, American Graffiti. Oh. Which is the same thing. American Graffiti is about what happens in a Southern California town, like a... Like a summer night kind of thing and it and it and the whole movie takes place in one evening 
and shows all the different, you know, kind of goes on different stories about what's going on with this kid and this group and this kid. But, you know, they all kind of come together at the end. Mm-hmm. Days of Confused is the same exact thing. It just mm-hmm. happens in the 70s, not in the 50s or the early 60s, like uh, like American Graffiti. Um, it's just, I can't explain it. Even though I wasn't around, uh, at least, well, I was around, but I was like a little bitty toddler kid running around in 1976. There was something so relatable about this movie because it reminded me of when I was in high school, when I was like 15 and going out on a warm night like that and riding around in a car with some older kids, trying me trying not to get into trouble, them trying to find trouble, (laughs) this whole kind of thing, you know, like they're looking for trouble. I'm just hoping we're going to run into girls, you know. And that's kind of what this movie's about, you know what I mean? And it and it talk it kind of focuses on two uh, freshmen, kids that are coming into to being freshmen, and one's a girl, one's a guy, and showing them sort of maturing into that, you know, like and going through the whole their perspective, and then showing the perspective of these like uh, juniors that are becoming seniors, and juxtaposing that. It's just a great movie. It's got a lot of humor in it. It's got a lot of people who would become big stars. Ben Affleck was in it. Was he? Uh, yeah, Joey Lauren Adams. Uh, man, so many, so many. Um, Matthew act- McConaughey. McConaughey. Well, yeah, I can't even, I was going to say, I mean, that's the biggest one everybody knows. Is that where it. those yeah, yeah, yeah? Is yeah, that where that comes n- from? It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the what Beatles. What is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Beatles yeah. are the... Uh, McConaughey's thing in the right, All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. I love redheads. You know the good thing about these high school girls? I get older, they stay the same age. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. Yeah, which is super creepy. But I mean... Seriously. (laughs) But the thing is, is everybody knew somebody like that. When I was like 15 years old, there was always some 22... 23 year old creep that was like hey who's that chick you're with and it's like yeah she's 14 he's like i don't care (laughs) you know and it's wrong but still the point is is this isn't you're not supposed to necessarily admire that but it's just one of those movies that gives you that nostalgic feeling and you're like god i I remember this i've lived this you know maybe Mm -hmm. different clothes a little bit different music Mm -hmm. but you know and that's why i think this movie still plays well with audiences there's like 15 year old kids now that are like yeah it isn't confused it's awesome coming of age movie exactly and the fucking soundtrack because it's all like you know it opens with a with a uh, what is it i'm trying to think of whose car it is but it opens with like a 70 chevelle or something like that just slowly driving through the parking lot to sweet emotion by aerosmith and Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah i am in for the ride of this movie man (laughs) because It's got Aerosmith and fucking Slow Ride by Foghat and Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss. And it's just, it's a good time. It's a good fun, it's a good fun movie. It makes you want to go out and party (laughs) when you watch it. It's like, why am I sitting in on Saturday night watching this movie? I should be out in a muscle car, like, drinking fucking, you know, Colt 45s and, (laughs) and, you know, trolling for blondes and redheads and shit, you know, trying to not get busted <laughs> what am i the only one that lived like this i mean come on boy oh boy you guys are geeks man what can i tell you <laughs> that's why we're here <laughs> i know i know i'm just fucking around anyway all right so veto number 13 hang on hang on 
I'm gonna give you a cue. We're gonna go. Thirteen. Well, this movie has nothing to do with that sound. This is from <laughs> 1988. It's a movie called Phantasm Two. <laughs> that is Phantasm Two. Has, has nothing to do with that kind of music. I don't have any music or anything in this at all to uh, fit with Phantasm Two. Wow. Most people don't. <laughs> I'm afraid to even ask. Do this you not movie. know Phantasm? I don't know. Oh. Do you know uh, the movie Phantasm, the first one from no. the 70s? I don't think she does. Have you heard of The Tall Man? No. Okay. Isn't that you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Phantasm is a horror series. They've made um, five of them. And the second one, to me, is obviously the best one because it's the second one. Basically, there's, there's this guy. Sequel, man. Yeah, there's this guy called the Tall Man, and he's a very tall man who's dressed like an undertaker, and he runs this mortuary, and he goes around and steals bodies from funeral homes and transports them to this dimension where he shrinks them down into these dwarf creatures to bring back to do his bidding. And he's got these silver balls that fly around and get stuck in your head, yeah. drill through your brain, and spurt your blood out the other end. They got spikes and stuff. Well, he's nailing it and he wants to get people to do his mission. That sounds terrible. It's not that it's awesome. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Quote. <laughs> Actually, I think he's in that mirror right now. Yeah. <laughs> you set that up perfectly. I would say, it's just a dream. <laughs> no, it's not. You're <laughs> fucked. And the whole thing is you're not sure what you're watching is a dream that this kid's having or if right. it's reality. Oh, okay. And every movie just fucks with your mind because none of it ever makes any sense. Yeah. And this movie doesn't make any sense from the first one. It's like they <laughs> just ignored the first one, made an entirely different story. It's just, it's bizarre. <laughs> but if you're going to watch one, I got to go with Phantasm 2. Okay. You ready to be jealous? I saw that motherfucker in the movie theater did when they you? came out. Yes, wow. I did. Yeah, yeah, because I was that was eighty eight, right? Yes. Eighty seven, eighty eight. Yeah, I went with uh, a couple buddies from school and nice. everything. Because yeah, I was th that was back once upon a time. I was not as much of a pussy as I am now, and I actually liked stuff like that. You know, Hellraiser one and two, and you know, Nightmare Before Elm Street, all those things mm -hmm. that were out. And yeah. Phantasm. I liked the first one, and then they announced they were coming out with that second one, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, we went and saw it, but nice. I haven't seen it, and I haven't probably watched it since sometime in the 90s, man. I'd be willing to, that, that's definitely deserving of a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too gruesome or anything. It, it sounds it's, gruesome with the drilling of the hole and splitting blood everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. violent, but it's not like something that's going to make you want to like hurl. You know what I mean? It's okay, not it's like not over the top, gory. nasty. Yeah. And there's a lot of comedy in there. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's something that you'd be like, oh, this is dumb, but I, I can watch it and not be grossed out or right. whatever, you know, by it. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll. You won me over a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try it out sometime. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, a cult classic iconic mo movie now. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get enough props, though. Mm -hmm. There's other shit that I hear people go on and on. I Like, at this point, I, I know people out there can be like, oh my god. I'd rather watch the Phantasm series than watch Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I get more out of Phantasm than I do Hellraiser. Hellraiser, to me, was kind of one note. Yeah, Phantasm had more 
I mean, Hellraiser did too, but Phantasm had more kind of black humor yeah. in it that I feel like, I don't know, didn't get, it doesn't feel as old to me. Right. Yeah, that's a good choice, man. Kind of surprised it's not a little further. I'm yeah, really well, curious this is to a know. Hard list, dude. Yeah, I'm really yeah. curious to know where you're going with this because I because I know you're big on that series, so I would have thought that might have been a top ten. So, hmm. Yeah. All right, Megan. I went with a 2006 movie, Night at the Museum. Oh, okay. okay. I love this silly movie <laughs> so much. I mean, what, what's cooler than having a job in a museum? And then at night, all the exhibits fucking come to life. It's pretty cool. And you can, like, learn from them, and they're different things. Yeah, so why to tell the Huns trying to kill you? I was just going to say, it <laughs> gets a, a little hairy. You got a T-Rex chasing you. <laughs> I mean, you got Theodore Roosevelt on your side. Teddy Roosevelt, played by Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Wow. And Ben Stiller's in this. Owen Wilson's in it. I, I <clears throat> fucking love that character, Jedediah. And Octavius and him bickering back. Fucking yeah. love that scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they crack me up. Yeah, the miniatures. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're the, the little miniature guys. They're, yeah. They are the best <laughs> in there. Like running little uh, model trains into each other's spaces. <laughs> like run into a boot. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> and that monkey. Is that monkey in the first one or in the second I, one? I want to... I can't remember. I want to see the second It might be the one. second one. That, that little... Yeah, belligerent I, monkey. Asshole monkey. I, I, I love them all, but again, just like everything else, I saw the first one and that's what yeah. hooked me in. So that's what I think of. And it's got um, Amon Ra. Yeah. Yeah. We it's are always, back to so Egypt. That, if it's got like an Egypt connection to yeah. it, you're, you're kind um, of It hooks me yeah. in. And Dick Van Dyke plays one of the older... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. He's one of the security guards. guards. Yeah, because they're retiring, and there's a whole twist with that. Mm-hmm. I just love the silly movie. I love that whole series. Have you ever seen? No. Oh, my so gosh. Funny. Dude, it's really yeah. good. I mean, yeah, it might seem like it's kind of kiddie, but it's it's really good. It's probably... Yeah. I would say... It didn't make my list, but... If I was doing a list of, like, say, like, the last 20 years or 25 years or whatever, mm-hmm. of, like, the best movies, it'd probably be on there. Yeah, you yeah. make it that far? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Night yeah, in Museum. I like, um, what's the one that has, uh, what's her face, Amelia Earhart in it? Star Trek Voyager? <laughs> Not that one. Oh. Is it the second one? I want to say that's the second one. I think it's the second one. That's That's actually my favorite one. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, they like, all escape into the wild or New York City or wherever yeah. they are, and they have to go chase all these exhibits down because by, by daylight, they just disintegrate. Oh, really? And then they're gone forever. Right. So they have to get them all back into the museum. Mm. Like, oh, my God, they all escape. What are they doing? They, like, cause re- havoc all over the city. Nice. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, the second one is my favorite. Three words. Amy Adams' ass. Dude, she's got these fucking, like, uh, aviator pants on from, like, the 30s that are... Oof. Booyah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay, moving on. Hey, we were we had to hear about Kevin Costner's ass. He won't be the last I can, ass to I, hear about I, him. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I could get one ass in there, right? 
Anyway, yeah, that's a good choice. I, I approve of that. You've got good... You guys have both been really, really good ones this time around, man. I approve. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'm sitting here, like, rolling my eyes, but... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, it's just so funny, because, like, Vito's is all, like, fucked up sci-fi horror stuff. Yours is all, like, it's really nice. Like, it's, uh, like, family entertainment. And mine is all, like, fucked up, like, music, kind of, like whatever 70s music drug connected <laughs> i don't know why that is because i you know but my next one is that uh number 13 for me is a movie from 1997 was written and directed by pt anderson it is a movie called boogie nights that movie have you have you ever seen that movie no i've never seen that one you guys have never seen it i've seen clips of it but yeah oh the, my the god so the whole thing i won't go into a long explanation because most people probably know but it's a movie that it's it's another it's a like a black comedy dark comedy based around the porn industry from it picks up somewhere around like 76 77 and it goes on through until, I think it ends, at the very end, it's supposed to be around 1984. And it's, it doesn't glamorize it at all, actually. Like, it has its moments in the beginning where it's like, yeah, it seems great. And, they, you know, there's all this sex and money and blah, blah, blah. But it, like, it shows you pretty quickly, like, like yeah, this is not a great lifestyle for a lot of them. And, you know, it, I... Uh, Mark Wahlberg is in it. He plays uh, Dirk Diggler. (laughs) And his whole thing is that he has an extremely large penis. And uh, he just kind of by chance gets discovered by this porn director who's played by Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds is phenomenal in this movie, in this role. He's just, and the whole cast is, it's another one of those. Don Cheadle is in it. Uh, Julianne Moore's in it. Uh, man, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. It's so Heather Graham is in it. She plays Roller Girl, and and yeah, and if you're a Heather Graham fan, oh, you want to watch this movie? <laughs> let me tell you, because boy, oh boy, woof. Anyway, so it, but it's so it's so funny. You end up really kind of caring about these characters because they're just sort of like a bunch of lovable losers mm-hmm. in a lot of ways like they think they're cool they want so bad to be cool and they want so bad to be like like styling and profiling and they, they're just wheeling they, dealing kiss <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they don't want, ever do that again <laughs> <laughs> they, but they they just they're not done she like Every one of these characters in this movie are so good that you could do like a mini movie about each one of just one of them and it would be awesome. Don Cheadle's character, he's he's because he's obviously he's African African American guy. He is one of the porn actor guys and he has an identity crisis. He can't figure out who he is and what he wants to be. So you see him throughout the movie go throughout all these drastic identity changes like in the beginning of the movie he's a cowboy you know he's he just decides he's he's a cowboy he's you know he loves country music he's a cowboy and everything and he walks around with the full like you know the nudie suit they call you know and the and the big 10 gallon hat and he's and he's trying to act (laughs) like 
<laughs> like country music guy and everything. And everybody's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> then he goes into like a phase where he's wearing like a, like a long uh, Stevie Wonder braid like wig thing with some kind of, you know, big uh, Kaftan thing on and stuff. He's going to be some sort of uh black panthery kind of guy or something like that. And he's just, he just, he can never find his, who he wants to be, but he knows that he wants to open up a stereo store. That's his whole thing. He doesn't want to be in porn. He wants to be a stereo store owner. And he thinks this is his way to do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's like I said, you just, you have to, you have to see it. The, again, it's another one where the soundtrack is incredible and it's one of those ones, much like a Scorsese movie, where the way they use the music, like, it's not just that it's, like, cool songs and stuff. Like, there's, like, a big scene in the movie where everything is kind of at its apex and things are going really, really badly. And uh, they use Sister Christian by Night Ranger and they use Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Mm -hmm. You know, one is, like, this heartfelt soaring song and the other one's, like, this great poppy... And the way they use it in the movie, it's in such a dark moment in the movie. It, it's it's interesting. It almost changes the way you hear the song after that. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's so I love when they do shit like that. I love that kind of stuff. Just like hearing Layla in Goodfellas and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I can't hear that song now without hearing the voiceover about how they found you know Vinnie Carbone frozen so so solid, and that these are took him three days to thaw him out just to do the autopsy. You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? You hear that music and it's forever connected to that and it nothing to do with what the original song was supposed to be about. Boogie Nights does that. So I, I love it. Really good movie. You really need to see that one. Yeah, to check that out. It's very it, funny. It's, it's very funny. Yeah. It's, it's very funny. So I just want to do it now for the Don Cheadle thing. <laughs> oh my God. It, it, everybody, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays such a funny, but kind of tragic character in it. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Okay. Anyway, Vito, let's have your number 12. Well, I'm a nineties kid. So this is yeah. from 1990. Yeah. It's called 1990. Yes. Okay. Child's play two. two. How do we know? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, though. Wait, though. Hang on. Hang on, folks. Okay? Like, people at home are like, what's the problem now? Well, if you're not a fan of the show, if you haven't listened to other episodes and stuff, this is an interesting development. Number 12, all the way down at number 12, is fucking Child's Play 2? Like, dude, this is one of your favorite movies. We just bought you that poster now. You did. Ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> we saw, we came across a Child's Play 2 poster and we were like, oh, we have to get this for Vito because who's a bigger fan of that movie than this dude right here? How did this make it so far down the list? Dude, this list is hard to put together, man. <laughs> he keeps Ooh, telling us that. Seriously. Yeah. I am, I'm getting intrigued more and more as we go on because I would have easily put this top five for you. <laughs> but you'll when we get to my you know the top 10 echelon there you'll see why these movies have been towards the bottom you hmm. know? I, I can't even i know i know i'm like trying to think i mean there's a couple obvious ones but I, i'm really trying to think all right well go ahead tell us about uh why you know 
Child's Play 2, I mean, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's literally my favorite horror franchise of all time is a Child's Play series. I just love the idea that this doll has been possessed by a serial killer, and now he's trying to get out of this plastic body into a real human body so he can be reborn again. And he happens to have told a secret to this little boy, Andy, and the first person he tells a secret to that he's a doll, he has to use their body to reanimate himself as a human. Right. And the ending sequence of this movie is one of the most spectacular sequences I've ever seen in my entire life. They go to a gigantic doll factory where they make the Chucky dolls. And it's this maze. And they're going through and it's just, it's incredible. I don't want to ruin the movie for you, but there's a bunch of sequels. So you know that Chucky dies and it comes back to life. (laughs) So I will say that the way that they destroy Chucky at the end of this movie is fucking brilliant and incredible. There's a melted plastic death scene. That obviously has my name written all over it. There you go. Let's add another death to this Oh, list. my God. It's wow. incredible. I just, man. And I got to meet the cast of this movie mm-hmm. last year at a horror convention, right. which made my life. It was just, <laughs> it was amazing. Was Brad Dourif there? Yes. And his wow. daughter Fiona, which was in the later Chucky movies. Right. And Alex Vincent was there, who plays Andy Barkley, the child in the, in the first two movies. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know what else to say, man. This movie is just incredible, and it has to be on this list. Obviously, it's towards the middle of my list, but... That's the shocker to me, but like you said, you feel that you've got ones that uh, take precedence over Child's Play 2. I kind of... I don't know. I can't wait to see this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Megan. Yeah. What is your number 12? My number 12 is a movie from 1999. A little movie that we've talked about before. But I'm going to mention it again, called The Mummy. Bishu Raja! Yeah! <laughs> the Mummy. Yeah. People love our mummy video, they man. They sure that's, do. That's They're done well. Very well. So, I mean, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Like, um, we Rachel know about Weiss. your Brendan Fraser, uh, you know, yeah. infatuation. Yeah. Super sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, when I was making these notes, I had a chuckle to myself because The Mummy is basically romancing the stone in Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to know okay. what it's like, it's, it's the mummy. Just That's true. It's in Colombia instead oh, of Egypt. Okay. So it's, it's got the romance. She meets a hot dude. But hate each other. Fall in love. They go on this crazy dangerous adventure together. Treasure hunting. I mean, and it's in Egypt. It's a win, 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 win. And she's like this, this meek, tiny little librarian, Egyptologist. You can relate. I can relate. And it's got Arnold Vosloo. It sure does. Who plays Darkman in Darkman 2 and Darkman 3. Does he? So there you go. Then it's got, you know. It's a win-win. It's got everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not much we could say about The Mummy. We've already talked about it a lot. I I just Adore these movies, minus one where Rachel Weiss wasn't in it, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get into that one. Won't go there. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just adore these movies. Yeah, curious to see what your uh, what your top ten is going to be then if The Mummy is actually... All the way down there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah another shocker there, huh? Yeah, that is a shocker. <laughs> uh, for me, my number 12 is a movie from 1984. It's a Milos Forman-directed movie. It is a movie that we were just talking about off-camera not long ago. It is a movie called Amadeus. (laughs) 
love this movie. Again, all my movies, it's like they all have some kind of music connection kind of thing. I didn't plan it that way. It's just the no, way No, just how it worked out for you? Yeah. Um, again, I, I don't really know what to say about it. It's just, first of all, I saw this movie. I didn't see this at the theater, but I saw it like when it first came out on video. So that would have been probably, I don't know, late 84 or 85, somewhere around there. So I was still grade school kid. I was junior high, whatever I was. And I really hadn't gotten too much into classical music yet. I knew some classical music because of things like Fantasia, you know, <laughs> and from movie scores like uh, Excalibur and stuff, you know, I, I Richard Wagner and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Of course, I loved because it was so heavy. But I really didn't know that much about Mozart other than basic melodies that everybody kind of has heard and knows. But I just, so I just went into this completely blind and I was blown away at the way it shows and explains like how he composed and everything and some of the brill. It doesn't go too in depth with the composition stuff, but mm -hmm. there's certain key scenes where you they kind of explain like the brilliance of it and it and it literally opened my eyes even though it's such a minor part of the movie really because the movie's really more about Salieri and Mozart's kind of respect and animosity at the same time towards each other and Mozart's crazy life you know with his his uh problems with his estranged father eventually and his wife and his womanizing and drinking and all this other kind of shit. But the thing that I mainly took away from was the whole music aspect of it. Just like explaining things when, when Salieri is even like in the one scene he's talking about when he first heard this new piece from Mozart and the brilliance of it and how they, how he used oboe and how it and like all those kind of things like made this huge impression on me. Because I was just learning, really learning how to play music. I'd been playing guitar for a few years at that point. And I, I, but, you know, I mean, I was a kid. I just wanted to play Kiss and Motley Crue songs and Elvis and Beatles and shit. I didn't understand composition. I didn't understand, you know, classical music just sounded like whatever, a bunch of notes. You know what I mean? It didn't, it, but it was, this broke it down for me and I was like, man okay, I'm starting to get it now. Now I'm sort of understanding like the importance of the orchestra of why it is the way it is and how difficult this is and how much emotion is behind it. You know, Don, Don Giovanni, the opera that he did in Prague and everything like I was talking about earlier is like all the hidden meaning behind that, you know, it's not just like a, a story, like there was personal shit going on in Mozart's life that fed into why he created that and the father, ominous father figure in this play and everything in this, in this opera rather. Anyway, it just, it, it opened up my love of that kind of stuff. And then from there I was like, oh, now I want to go check out more Mozart, and now I want to get into Handel and Bach and, uh, and you know, uh, Tchaikovsky and all that. I started really delving more into classical music from there. And a lot of it stems from Amadeus. Plus, it's just funny. It's got some great funny moments. It's tragic. 
Uh, it's got this great cast. Tom Holtzy plays Amadeus, and he was from... He was Larry, my namesake. He was Larry in Animal House. Mm-hmm. So he's playing this completely different kind of character. It's, it's just brilliant. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know what more to say about it other than it made a big impact on me. It's one of those ones. I don't watch it that often anymore. Like maybe once a year I get into a mode where I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I want to watch Amadeus. And it's sort of like, I don't know, it kind of inspires me in a weird way. Sort of depresses me too at the same time, but <laughs> then again, I am in a doom metal band, so I it guess, works for you. Yeah, I guess that does work for me. Yeah, I've seen parts of this movie. I, I haven't seen it all the way through. I, I needed to sit down and watch it. Yeah, have you seen it at all, Vito? No. Oh, uh, you might be interested. It needs to be yeah. the music class you got going on. Yeah, yeah, you might be interested in it. It's uh, it's really good. It's it's one of those ones, like I said, even like as a kid when I first saw it, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, I'll watch it out of boredom or whatever. You know, it's about music, maybe yeah. it's cool. And I was just like, holy shit, this is a fucking incredible film. Like I said, it's funny. It's it, man, there's. It's got this incredible cast to it. I mean, even if you, like I said, even if you're the kind of person that's just like, yeah, I don't know how much I'd be interested in stuff like from that period and about mm-hmm. classical composers and stuff. Give give it a chance. It's surprising. It's surprisingly um, broad. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember. I remember enjoying it, but I think there was a I can't remember who it was, but he was terrible at playing the music, but everybody pretended like he was amazing. Oh, the it emperor, the emperor, emperor Joseph II. Yeah, yeah, the musical emperor. <laughs> now, they, and I mean, that's a thing. Like this movie does take liberties with. It's not completely based on truth. Of course, there's, there's you know, but yeah, played <clears throat> by Jeffrey Jones. You know, from uh, Lydia's father from mm-hmm. Beetlejuice. He plays the emperor, and yeah, he. Oh my god. He means well. He's such a lovable character <laughs> in this and everything, but he's trying to play because he's the emperor. So he's all eager to play this piece that Salieri wrote, and Salieri's like, "Oh Jesus, don't play my music!" Man. <laughs> and but the emperor's like trying to play it and sight read it and everything, and he's really bad. And of course, the Salieri and the others uh, have to go, "Oh, you know, wonderful, sir!" And it's it's so bad. And Mozart, meanwhile, is walking in like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this guy's awful." Yeah, hey, you'd have to watch it in the context of the movie, but yeah, he's the one that says Emperor Joseph is the one. It's just simply got too many notes. Just cut a few and it's perfect. <laughs> anyway, yeah, really good one. But now we are down to the uh, the last batch for this episode. We are down to, it's not number one, no. it's number one one. <laughs> it is the number 11. And uh, Vito, lay on us what your number 11 is. Well, it's from 1993. Another 90s movie. It's also based off a book. Uh, I know what it is. Mm. It's got electric fences. Yeah. Oh. It's got <laughs> plants that are no longer plants livable. They're extinct, but they came back to life somehow. Yeah. Jurassic plant. <laughs> Jurassic plant. It's Jurassic Park. Yeah. Please yeah, tell me you're kidding. It's not like some stupid ass movie. You had her going. She you was did. Like, I was like, wait a minute. Please don't be fucking with me. Yeah. I, I, how, who the fuck would know? Fair it could enough. have been anything. Yeah, fair enough. It is Vito. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him to have a movie called Jurassic Plant on his <laughs> list. I wouldn't either. <sighs> Sounds like an Asylum uh, movie production special to me on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, you would totally sit down and watch. I would. <laughs> How awesome would that be? Like killer plants that are from the Jurassic period that just, you know, come back to life. They're cloned. We're so copying. We're claiming this. Do not steal this. <laughs> <laughs> but, Another movie we've talked at length about. Yeah. yeah. And I would see a movie that probably everybody in the entire world has seen by this point, I'm sure. Just about. I mean, wasn't this like the first movie to crack like a billion dollars or something like that? Or the franchise? It might have been. It's huge, man. It and they re-released it, and it was number one again, like, after all those years and shit. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the whole franchise, but Jurassic Park, to me, is the best one. Oh, wow. wow. So, yes. for once, that's how good it is. Folks, that's how good Jurassic Park 1 is. The fact that Sequel Man did not choose 2 or 3, that he said 1 is the best one. Damn. Yeah. And I love me Jurassic Park 3, man. But... Yeah. Jurassic Park 1 is where it's at. I mean, this was, I was, uh, what, 11 years old? So this was like a perfect time for me to see. I saw this like oh, four yeah. times in the theater. And it just blew my mind because I was obsessed with dinosaurs as a kid like most kids are, of right? Course, yeah. So now you're seeing these dinosaurs on screen and they look realistic as hell. It still looks good. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome. You know, when we watched all those again for the, uh, when we did the Jurassic Park retrospective last year, or uh, two years ago, whenever that was, um, I couldn't believe how good it looked. Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy shit, this movie Yeah, it holds up well. It does. Because yeah. it's a mix of practical with some CGI magic on top of it, not relying just on CGI, you know? That's, that's, that's the, the secret sauce right that's there. That's the way to do it. <laughs> George Lucas had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. With his shitty prequels. <laughs> Especially in terms of the CG and stuff. In those yeah. Movies. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So bad. Anyway. But to me, the the best part of the movie is the Velociraptors, of course. Of course. Because I just love me some Velociraptor action. Use your toe claw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had so much fun making those pieces. We did. Those are awesome. <laughs> you're going to act dumb, you're going to get the thumb. <laughs> <laughs> the whole franchise, but especially that first one, but those are ones that are worth... Even if you've seen it a bunch of times, it's like worth every now and then being like, "Oh yeah, let's let's yeah." Let's it's one of those movies. Them. If it's on cable and you're sitting on the couch, you have to put it on, no matter where it is. Especially you know? yes, but especially in certain scenes, you know, yeah. like if you get to the part when the raptors get into the facility, yeah, and they're in the kitchen and all that, like you, you just you like you you've seen it, you've yeah. seen it two hundred times, but you're just like. Yeah. <laughs> it's still so badass when they're like pushing the door open and they yeah. finally get in you're like holy fuck that's so cool man yep. they can open doors now it's just oh <laughs> it's so good man and the and the book is incredible i know we're talking about movies yeah, but literally you gotta read the book if you haven't already it's it's a masterpiece agreed yeah yeah i love the book i got the audiobook that's one of my favorite audiobooks dude it's a good is one it? it's Scott a good one narrates it he's one of my favorite yeah. narrators nice all right yeah, yeah that's, a, that's that's a, a very yes nice number 11 that's yeah. a good one to end the uh this this episode on for you megan yes. your number 11 yes <laughs> may i help you <laughs> i went with 1986 oh star trek the voyage home now nice. you're talking Right. Yeah. Now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> that is my favorite Star Trek movie of every Star Trek movie. Wow. Ever. Wow. Even the new ones. You got you got the you got the double Owen Wilson on that one. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's they travel what's I mean, they travel back in time to nineteen eighty six from twenty two eighty six 
to kidnap some humpback whales, to take back into the future, to feed it to some probe to make it happy, <laughs> to save the earth. They didn't feed the probe the whale. <laughs> it's like you're chewing on this whale. That's some damn. Whale. That's a. That's a damn good 20th century whale. <laughs> Mm, fully aged and crazy. <laughs> and then you tag on some doctor that won't go away. They keep trying to get rid of her. She won't go away. No. It's just, it, it's amazing. The comedy in this fucking thing. Double dumbass on you. And I love that fucking part. <laughs> I love that part. And where Scotty's trying to talk into the computer. Hello, Hello computer. computer. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's, I just fucking adore this movie. So hard. It was yeah. probably the first Star Trek movie I think I ever saw. It, it was a library rental. Of course it was. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I, it may have been mine. I just It's the one I remember watching over and over and over again. So it's the one that stuck with me the most. Yeah. Even Search for Spock, number three, yeah. Oh. And then Wrath of Khan. And yeah. I, I, I would choose this one over all those. Mm. I would too. Thank you, Vito. Not me. Yeah. I mean, I love the other ones too. Don't get me wrong, but... I, I like Star Trek. Choice. I like Star Trek Four, but uh, it's probably one of the least ones I feel like watching. Well, the least one I feel like watching is Star Trek Five. Okay. That one is wonky as is fuck. That Final Frontier. Yeah, okay. I like the beginning of it and stuff, but yeah. Is that the one where there's like a devil or something? It's the whole it's thing where it's God, it's isn't it? it's Spock's brother, whatever it is, oh. or somebody comes along and he wants to. He hijacks the Enterprise because he's taking him to the Garden of Eden. He thinks he's found the Garden of Eden or something mm. like that. And it's it's a bunch of... It was Cybok and Yeah. It, it's a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> I don't like that movie at all. Because 4 is good. I, don't get me wrong. It's not that I dislike 4. But it, that movie just to me was so silly. Which is why you like That's it. That's why I love it. <laughs> It was so silly that I was like, eh, you know, it's it's not one that I revisit often. I really liked uh, two, mm-hmm. and I liked six. Okay. You know, I liked that one, Undiscovered Country. Yeah. Man. That's a real good one. And I still like Star Trek The Motion Picture. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> I don't care. I know you think it's boring. It is. It is boring, but it's fascinating, and it's it's good. I don't care. <laughs> saw it at the theater. Still love it. I saw all of them. I've seen every Star Trek movie ever made at the movie theater. Starting with starting with the motion picture all the way up through Star Trek Beyond. I've seen them all. Wow. They need to do a whole marathon of it. Dude. Like they do with like the It'd be like the entire weekend, right? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Watching all these movies. That would be so cool. I think my brain would be mush after that. That's okay. I yeah, love what is that like? Oh, 10, 12? 12 or 13, right? Yeah. That's a lot. So there was six original uh, cast ones, and then there was the next generation. Gen yeah, there was the, the, the next gen ones. Where there was four of those. Yep. So that's 10. And then the three uh, Kelvin timeline ones. So that's 13 Star Trek movies. I'm in. <laughs> All right. So Paramount, you know that you got one person that's willing to pay for that ticket. Sure that, am. Hundred dollar ticket. I will rent where you could rent the movie theaters. I wonder if we can make that happen and Uh have like a watch party. Who's in? Let's make it happen. Thirty hour marathon of just all three of you. (laughs) All three of you. Make sure you let us know in the comments. (laughs) Watch who's not going to blow up. 
That's the one that they, takes us over the map as people that want to bust around a movie theater for them. That's okay. it. <laughs> we found our ticket. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, my number 11 is a little movie. Came out in 1978. We're going back to the 70s here. And of course, it's got music in it because everything I talk about, especially in this episode, we get away from the music a little bit, I think, in the next in the next batch and 10 through 6. But my number 11 is a musical starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. What? It's only 11? And it's called Grease. For shame. Well, just like Vito, just like him having Jurassic Park and Child's Play not even in the top 10. I mean, think about that. Jurassic Park and Child's Play too, not in the top 10 for Vito. That says something. It's the same thing. Originally, until I adjusted this list a little bit ago, uh-huh. Greece was even further. Shut up. It was like number 13 or something. Yeah, and then I looked at it and I was like, that's stupid. I got it. <laughs> All right, at least you had a little Grease 2 has sense. to be higher than Grease 1 on this list. Okay, here's God a dis- damn it. Here's Vito, a disclaimer. he better not have. He better Here, not have. Don't. Jesus here's Christ. a disclaimer. Grease 2 is not on this list. All right, you may live. But let me, let me just say something, everybody, because I don't get enough opportunity to say this. I fucking love Grease 2. Dude. Grease 2 is awesome. It's awesomely bad, okay? No, it's just bad. No, it's awesome. I love the soundtrack. I just bought it again. Oh, my God. I just bought it again on vinyl, on colored vinyl. Oh, my gosh. Why would you waste your money? Did you fucking hear this abuse I got to take? Dude, Cool Rider? Oh, my God. I hate that song. It's so stupid. Yeah, because the songs in the first Grease movie aren't fucking stupid. No, they're amazing. Don't you dare. They're all amazing. Grease 1 and 2. I'm telling you. I don't like any of them. So, I don't know. <laughs> See, Vito's on my side about Grease 2. Well, anyway, <laughs> as far as the original Grease goes, I mean, this is just one of those movies that I, I fell in love with, you know, as a kid. This is the one that my uh, my poor parents kept trying to take me to go see in the movie theater and I kept uh, at the drive-in, and I'd fall asleep. Weren't they, you like begging them? Yes, you and you kept yes, because yes, because we had the soundtrack. I think they may have even gone to see it first without me, mm-hmm. you know, like as an a, a adult date kind of thing. And they loved it. Got the soundtrack. It was all over the radio back in '78. You couldn't get away from it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it, you know. And Shanana is in it and everything and the singing on it. And I was, a, you know, fuck, man. Shanana <laughs> was my shit, man. Like, because Shanana had their TV show at the time, their okay. like variety show thing on every Saturday night. It was on right before or after the Muppets. I mean, think about that. The Muppet show, Shanana. Me. Larry. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know, there you go. Not much has changed. I'm still a doo and Muppet right here. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it, I mean, I was, yeah, I was infatuated with the soundtrack of it and everything. I knew John Travolta from Welcome Back, Cotter, which I watched all the time as a mm-hmm. kid. So I really wanted to see this movie and my parents were always going on about it. So they'd take me to the drive-in and it was always like the last one they'd show out of like two or three fucking movies. And I'd never make it (laughs) through the movie. 
And I don't think I finally saw that movie in, in its entirety until we got it on Betamax, like around 1979, something like that, late 79, somewhere around. Yeah, it had to be like 79, early 80. I finally got to see the whole movie. Loved it. And I would watch it constantly because I had it on tape. Mm -hmm. I'd wake up on like a Sunday morning and I'd watch my Giggle Snort Hotel and, you know, a couple things like that. And then it was put the grease tape in and watch it before my parents even got up, you know. <laughs> I just, I know every line, every scene. If you put it on a TV like a big screen TV behind me and I don't look, I can act out every fucking move of that movie. I know the, the dances. I can tell you what's on screen at the time. It's ridiculous. That sounds like a challenge waiting to happen. Shit. I will accept that challenge <laughs> easily. No problem, man. I'd take that challenge. I could do that with a, a lot of movies. Yeah, well, a handful of them at least. <laughs> but that's that. Yeah, probably almost anything it, that's going to be in like the top 10 I could do that with. Um, but yeah, th this movie is just, it's a big part of who I am. You know what I mean? Like this is, it influenced me so much in terms of like just my musical taste and everything. It's got Olivia Newton fucking John in it, which... I am infatuated with Olivia Newton-John. Love <laughs> Olivia Newton-John. I don't mean like sexually or anything like that. I, I just mean like her in general. She's, I don't know. She's great. She's such a cool person. She's a good person. She has this totally, it's, Olivia could sing one word and you're like, that's Olivia Newton-John. And that's rare, you know what I mean? And and she's not one of these caterwauling, screeching oh. women, you know? Like, she has this lovely voice. She can she sings stuff that sounds like country. She does disco. She does rock. She does pop. Like, yeah, perfect. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing about Grease that I don't love. I agree. And it's super quote-worthy. I, I quote it all the time now. <laughs> the whole place is a no parking zone, crater face. <laughs> I'll give you 75 cents for your whole car, including your, your chick. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just, there's so many great scenes. And the only thing that kept this movie to the number two slot and, and the soundtrack and everything was an, another soundtrack and movie that a, is another great one, not a top 20 for me, but is a movie called Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Travolta was on top of the fucking world <laughs> in 1978. He was literally in like the top two, like, you know, soundtracks and movies. Like it was Saturday Night Fever and Grease. It was both him, man. Dancing his fucking ass off. Can you imagine if Carrie was a musical and he was in that as well? That would have been he awesome. He would have had that trick, dude. Yep. We drop pig's blood on your head. <laughs> you know, it's like Carrie does, spends a lot of time trying to do a hair, and then you go and you ruin it with pig's blood. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making Meg's headphones. Oh, fall yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll mess over here. I mean, still, you go to a drive in. If you go to a drive-in, you have to think of Grease and mm -hmm. that scene and Absolutely. everything. Him, him singing Sandy with that with that hot dog dancing around, flipping around behind him. 
Everybody knows that. It's so funny how many people I've met in my life that are like, that are like, you, you say something about like, oh, you know that song, Sandy? Oh, yeah, with the hot dog flipping around. It's so funny how like that fucking hot dog on the screen behind Such him. Such a big star. It just like upstage Travolta. He's in the foreground singing this heartfelt song, and there's that fucking cartoon hot dog flipping around about let's go, let's all go to the lobby. <laughs> let's all go to the lobby. You know, with the with the yeah, it's great. Love everything about this. Amazing movie. movie. If you say so. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> and that fucking asshole dancer guy doing the fucking doing the Groucho Marks. <laughs> that one dance scene at the end that we go together. <laughs> Oh my god, fucking asshole. Yeah, it's just one of those movies that, yeah, I know all the minutiae, all the little, it's ridiculous. But that's why, even though this isn't in my top ten, it I consider it like the number one of the, the second, second batch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a good one to be my my uh, number one of the second tier. All that right. makes sense. That's how, that's, that's how I'm selling it. <laughs> all right. I'll buy that for now. But all right, that's, man, it was a good list. You guys had some really fucking good movies. I'm proud yeah, of y'all. we all did. Yeah, I'm proud of y'all. But now we're going to be, uh, you guys are going to be on the edge of your seats, I'm sure. They're like, <laughs> they don't care. But the next episode coming out next month is going to finally get into the top 10. It's going to be number 10 through 6. And this is where the real throwdown happens. Mm-hmm. We finally get to find out what the fuck Vito put in his top ten. Seriously, now I'm wondering you too. If you got Grease so far down, yeah, there's going to be a couple of surprise, maybe oddball choices that you'd be like, "Oh, okay," you know, probably a couple movies you guys aren't real familiar with too. Mm-hmm. Although that seems to be the case with a lot of my list. You're like, "Don't know it. Yeah, never seen it." What yeah. the fuck are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a couple in the next one, too, so. Okay. At least one. Yeah, I could think of one that's probably in there that I'm going to laugh at, but, you know, we all got them. Mm-hmm. All right, that's been fun. Uh, we will be back. Uh, as always, like we said in the last episode, please let us know uh, what you not only what you thought of our picks and our lists and stuff like that, uh, let us know yours. We want to know yours because we're going to compile it all if we, if you guys do it. We plan on by the, by the time we get to the final five, we'd like to compile and maybe bring up some of your guys' lists and stuff. And, uh, especially if there's any that, uh, you know, are of interest or similarity to ours, or if there's some, I, I saw one list that Alexander put up, uh, yesterday, one of our regular viewers and stuff. I saw his list and he brought up a couple of movies in his list that I was like, Oh my oh, god! No. I, I can't, can't look at these lists. I'm changing them. I know. I was like, oh, and I'll just say it because. But he put in the movie American Pop, which is an um, animated film by R- Ralph Bakshi, a uh, film from like 1980, and uh, that's another one. I was like, oh my god, that had a huge impact on me when I saw it and everything. So, but I, I, I'll give that an honorable mention. You know, it, it it's not going to make it into my top. 20 unfortunately but it's one i completely forgot about and then as soon as i saw him mention it i'm like oh shit that's a massive movie for me (laughs) so yeah it just goes to show and that just in my head that just made me remember another movie that i can't believe i didn't put in my list fuck (laughs) 
Oh, shit. Yeah, we'll see. I may be adjusting this list even oh, no. more. Oh, my God. How can I not put this in my list? What is it? You're going to have to wait for the yeah, next episode. Yeah, I'm dying now. See. I got to know. If it doesn't make it, then I'll at the very least have to make it a fucking honorable mention. Boy, can't believe I didn't think of it. You blew it. I did. You I had, had one job and you blew it. <laughs> I blew it. Yep. Anyway, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll be back soon with the top 10. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya.